Welcome and thank you for listening to the Okuo Church Podcast. We exist so that people will be in community with Jesus and one another. We'll do that by listening to God, loving people, leading by empowering others, and linking to our community. We hope you enjoy it. Akuo Church, I'm so happy to be with you here today to continue in our series called The Beginning. Now, this series was inspired by the word that God gave us to live out in 2022, which is sturdy. We have to be a sturdy church this year. I got to be a sturdy pastor, and we need to be sturdy people here at Akuo. Now, to be sturdy, we will need to make sure we are first built on the right foundation. And we see Jesus talk about that in a parable. Here's how Jesus laid it out. He said, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes and torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. So for us to be sturdy in 2022, we need to have our entire lives built upon Jesus, which is why we're studying through the book of John. We want to see how Jesus lived his life and how he wants us to live our lives. Now, before we get into this message, let's just take a minute to stop and pray before we like really, really get into this. So uh, just pray along with me. Just Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for the time that you have given us to dive into your life that you lived here on this earth. We ask that you would be with us here today. We pray that you would open up our ears, our minds, and our hearts to the message that you want us to hear today. Thank you for everything, Jesus. Amen. So in the fall of 2020, I found myself a little bit down probably more than just like a little bit down. It was a lot down. I mean, we were in the middle of our seventh month, seventh month of staying at home. We were in the middle of, of starting this church, Akuo, a church that I couldn't like actually see people in person. I couldn't see you guys in person. And things were hard for me emotionally, as, as I'm sure they were hard for a lot of you. But one night, I found something, something that I didn't know that I needed. I sat down and sat at the tutelage of a man that would walk around with boundless optimism and excitement. The only thing that seemed to match his wealth of optimism and excitement was his endless amount of dad jokes and terrible puns. This was a man after my own heart. This was Ted Lasso. Now, Ted Lasso is the name of a TV show I got put on to, and it's also the name of the main character of that show. And the basic plot of the show is that Ted is a former college football coach that is inexplicably hired by a Premier League football team in England to go and run their franchise, their club. Now, part of the reason it's so crazy that is that he's hired because he doesn't really know anything about the sport of soccer. He actually leaves all of that stuff to his assistant coach. What he does is he brings a different kind of skill to the table. You see, Ted knew something about being a part of a team. He knew that a bunch of soccer gameplay knowledge isn't the only thing needed to be successful. He knew knowledge wasn't going to change everything. He knew that a belief in something greater would. So to help remind the team of what truly mattered, he taped a sign onto the wall. 
a sign that everyone would see every time they step foot in the locker room. On that sign is one simple word, believe, which is the same place we find ourselves in in the account of Jesus' life authored by his disciple and good friend, John. Remember we said that believe is the word of that biography that John wrote about Jesus. So much so that the word believe comes up 98 different times. John is making a point about what Jesus was about. John is making a point to show what Jesus wants us to know. So for today, we'll be spending our time in the book of John chapter 6 if you would like to follow along with us at home. Now to give you some context of what's going on, Jesus and the disciples find themselves on the far side of the Sea of Galilee. At this point, Jesus has performed a few miraculous signs, which we've talked about over the last few weeks. He turned water into wine, he healed the child of the government official, and he healed the man at the pool. Now, each time Jesus performed one of these miracles, there were more and more people that witnessed it. Now, this helped his popularity out. People started to hear more and more about him. Not only that, he'd been standing up to the religious elite of the time. Now, with that comes a kind of following from people that would have been excited to see somebody stick it to the man. Now, because of all of these things, Jesus was walk, walking around like a rock star, or maybe because he was sticking it to the man like a punk rock star. And there's a huge crowd following him. And the disciples are, are there. The 12 has grown to so many more. Then Jesus stops and climbs a hill and sits with his disciples. He turns and he looks at one of his guys, Philip, and he asks them this. He asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? It's just one question, but there's a lot of meaning to it. First off, the reason he's asking Philip about this is because Philip is from that area. So if anybody knew where to feed people, it'd be Philip. He knew where the best taco stand was to pick up lunch for this huge crowd that had shown up. But there was another reason that Jesus asked Philip this question. Let's go back to the text. Here John writes, He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. Jesus had something he was going to do that day. Jesus had a plan for the people that were there, but Jesus wanted to test Philip. He wanted to see where Philip stood on something. Well, let's see how Philip responded. Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish, but what good is that with this huge crowd? So Philip answers the question with, there's no way we can do this. Then one of the other disciples, Andrew, jumps in with, well, this kid has a, has a two-piece fish meal over here and some bread, but it's not going to do anything for this giant crowd. Now, this is, this is part of the test. Now, Jesus isn't testing them on the knowledge of the area or even what kind of abilities they have. What Jesus is doing is helping them see exactly how much they need him to do something this great. The disciples have a very finite idea on how to do something. They know that if they needed to feed thousands of people, which is what, what are there, they said there are 5,000 men, so there might be up to 10,000 people there. To feed all these people, they would need a lot of restaurants and a lot of money. But what we're going to learn today is that Jesus' way is way better. Here's what Jesus does. He has everyone sit down and walks them through how this will work. 
So then Jesus starts to bless the food. He breaks it into pieces, puts it into baskets, sends it out to the crowd, and something amazing happens. The food just kind of keeps on going and going. Those baskets keep on getting sent to the next group and sent to the next group, and somehow it works out. It goes until everyone in the entire crowd is full and there are leftovers. This is not how the disciples saw this playing out. I don't think any of them had ever hosted an event that fed potentially 10,000 people, but what they knew for sure was that a few fish and loaves would not be enough. But remember, Jesus' way is way better. And this is exactly what he was trying to teach the disciples. He was trying to teach them that they need him to do great things. Jesus was trying to teach them that they needed him, which connects to us. We need Jesus to do the big things that are in front of us in our lives. We might look at a situation that we know God has called us to and say, I can't do that. And at that point, Jesus will answer, but I can. And it's in these moments that we need to throw away the ideas that we have to get something done. In these moments that, it's in these moments that we need to lean all of our weight on the words of Jesus. It's in these moments that we need to understand that our way is not the best way. We need to understand that Jesus' way is way better. And it's okay if you don't always get it right. The people that were there and a part of the actual miracle, they didn't get it either. They literally just had miracle bread and they didn't understand it. And we can tell that they didn't get it because look at what happens here. Here is what John wrote. When the people saw him, Jesus, do this miraculous sign, they exclaimed, surely he is the prophet we have been expecting. When Jesus saw that they were ready to force him to be their king, he slipped away into the hills by himself. You see, in the Jewish scripture, God had a few of his prophets, people that could talk to him and help bring what he wanted to do to this earth. He had them bring miraculous bread down from heaven. Moses and Elijah both did that. So some people understood that there was some God stuff happening that day. And immediately they thought, well, this is the prophet that was supposed to come and save us. However, what they were looking for was a king, a judge, someone that was going to free them from Rome, which made sense because it was what they had seen. They had an idea of how things had been done up to that point. What they didn't understand is that Jesus' way was different, and Jesus' way was way better. He had planned something greater than what they had planned. So what happens after Jesus left the crowd? Well, let's go see what John wrote. That evening, Jesus' disciples went down to the shore to wait for him. But as darkness fell and Jesus still hadn't come back, they got into the boat and headed across the lake toward Capernaum. Soon, a gale swept down upon them and the sea grew very rough. Now, the first few times I read through this part of the account, I didn't think much of it. But at some point, it hit me like, and I couldn't shake it. I'm going, why did they leave without Jesus? Why would they have gone knowing their leader walked into the hills without anyone else? I mean, it's, it's not because they would be worried about him, but probably because they're supposed to follow him around. It's, it's like literally their whole thing. That's what they do is follow Jesus around. Why would they leave without him? 
So I started kicking some stuff around, doing some research into things, and, and I noticed something. The Sea of Galilee that they were traveling on is very interesting. And one of the things it's known for is its crazy weather. And the reason is that the lake is almost 700 feet below sea level. Then there's a range of mountains sitting just to the east of this lake where some of the peaks in this range reach up to 2,000 feet above sea level. So when you have cold air coming off the mountain, traveling downward quickly, and hitting the warm air that goes up quickly, what happens? Crazy storms. So most days in a, in a dry and arid place, the water down below is gonna get pretty warm. So when the cool night air starts to come down off the peaks right by the lake, what do you think happens? Storms. So maybe these guys were trying to get out of there before it got too late before the storm started to hit. Maybe the disciples were like, we can't wait here any longer. We gotta get into the boats before it's not safe for us to travel anymore. This is another way where they have an idea in how things can get done. And Jesus has a different way to do it, a better way. Let's look at John's account of the situation to see how this played out. So the disciples had rowed three or four miles into this sea when suddenly they saw Jesus walking on the water toward the boat. They were terrified, but he called out to them, don't be afraid, I am here. Then they were eager to let him in the boat and immediately they arrived at their destination. So the guys had this idea that they wouldn't be able to get across the Sea of Galilee safely if there was a storm. So they left Jesus on the other side of the shore and then ran into a storm. And Jesus' way was a way better way. When he got into the boat, they immediately arrived at the other side of the shore. It's like Jesus showed up and they teleported the rest of the way. If they just would have waited on Jesus, they might have been able to see another miraculous thing happen. For all we know, Jesus' plan was to come out of the hills later in the night, get on the boat, and then teleport everybody across the sea from, from one shore to the other. That would have been a much better way to travel than the three or four miles they had rode up to that point. And the same things happen with us. We think we need to go and work and start rowing to make things happen in our lives. We're like, well, I'm ready to do this thing and I'm gonna go as hard as I can so I can make this happen. Meanwhile, Jesus is hanging out and he's like, you wanna wait for me? It would be a lot easier if you took me with you. Now the good thing is that Jesus shows up for us either way. But how much easier would it be if we just started with him? How much easier would it be if we didn't have to get rescued out of the middle of a lake while a storm is brewing all around and we are exhausted? I'll answer that question. So much easier. But we would rather leave on our own. Maybe the disciples would have been ridiculed, right? You know, fishermen would be like, guys, you're gonna run in the storm, you better leave. <laughs> I'm already out here, good luck, see you later. You better leave now or get ready to sleep in that boat. Or, or maybe like looking dumb is, is what made them move into the water without Jesus. Maybe they were afraid. Maybe they were afraid that Jesus wasn't gonna come back. 
Maybe they were worried that he was done with them. They were telling themselves, well, all those times Jesus stepped up for us, but now, right here, this is our time. We're on our own now. Which is exactly what we do to ourselves. We don't want to wait on Jesus because it seems crazy. We don't want to wait on Jesus because people will make fun of us. Because it doesn't look like we're, we're doing things the way it should be done. We don't want to wait on Jesus because we don't think he's going to come through for us. We don't wait on Jesus because we think we have messed up too many times and we've like wasted all of our Jesus cards, right? All the Jesus cards that we're given in our lives. But we can't do that. We have to make sure that we are sturdy in our lives. We have to make sure that we are doing the right thing at all times. We have to make sure that we are doing the one thing that will change everything. That one thing is one word. And that one word is something that Ted Lasso and the disciple John love so much. It's believe. It was the biggest part of what John is trying to get across. And it is fitting that the next event happens on the other side of the lake. Let's take a look at what happens there. So next day, a bunch of people go back to where Jesus and the disciples were the day before. They go back to the spot that the thousands of people were fed, but Jesus and the boys, they're on the other side. So these people get in their boats to go track them down. Now, when they get to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, these people are ready to see some more Jesus magic. They got a delicious and filling meal the day before, and they're ready for another one. Maybe this time, like, Jesus will heal someone too, you know, so this time they can get dinner and a show while, while they're hanging out. And Jesus, being Jesus, and, you know, like, knowing everything, knows what they are thinking. And here's what he tells them. I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you. Not because you understood the miraculous signs. But don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. They replied, we want to perform God's works too. What should we do? And Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. So I, I tell you the truth. That means what Jesus says right after this is incredibly important. And Jesus tells them, this food that you are seeking perishes. You came all the way from across the lake just to get some more food. But what you should have come over here for isn't for fish and bread, but for the eternal life I have for you. That's what Jesus is telling them. And what's cool here is that the Jewish people that, that are there, they recognize that Jesus is doing his works through the power of God. However, this is where things get, get a little jumbled up for them. They want to do works also. They want to know what, what works they have to do to experience the eternal life that the Son of Man has to offer. And it, it's what they knew, right? They knew from the temple system that you had to do the works. There was always something you had to do to be right with God. They had to bring a sacrifice. They had to do a ritual. They had to follow the laws. These people knew that to get eternal life, they had to be right with God. And they knew that it took work after work after work to do that. And that's when Jesus hits them with the Ted Lasso sign. Jesus says, you only need to do one thing. Believe. 
And then Jesus starts to explain this further. He knows that they were to get some more of this miracle bread, that they were there to get some more of this miracle bread. But Jesus tells them that he is the miracle bread. He explains that whoever believes in him will never be hungry or thirsty again. Jesus explains that he is the son of God. But they had ideas of their own about what the son of God would look like, where he would come from. John says that these, these, these Jewish people look at each other and they say like, isn't that Joseph's kid? I, I know his parents, he's not from heaven. How can he be the son of God? So Jesus lets them know first, he's like, guys, you need to stop complaining. And then continues on. Here's what John writes. There Jesus says, For no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them to me. And at the last day, I will raise them up. As it is written in the scriptures, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who listens to the Father and learns from him comes to me. Not that anyone has ever seen the Father, only I, who was sent from God, has seen him. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes has eternal life. Yes, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, but they all died. Anyone who eats the bread from heaven, however, will never die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. And this bread, which I will offer so the world may live, is my flesh. Then the people began arguing with each other about what he meant. How can this man give us his flesh to eat, they asked. So Jesus said again, I tell you the truth. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you cannot have eternal life within you. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise that person at the last day. For my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. I live because of the living Father who sent me. In the same way, anyone who feeds on me will live because of me. I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will not die as your ancestors did, even though they ate the manna, but will live forever. So the Jewish people had their own ideas on how eternal life would happen. They had their own way of doing things, but Jesus' way is way better. Jesus explained this to him that there was only one thing they needed to do. Believe. Believe in him. Believe in this bread of life. Through believing, we partake in this bread. We eat it. It becomes one with us. That bread is Jesus' flesh. The flesh that he gave up for us to be able to believe and be saved. The blood is also what is spilled in this act so we could have eternal life, and Jesus would become the perfect sacrifice for all the ways we have fallen short of God's perfection. Jesus is saying that by believing, we are partaking in this meal. Remember, he said there's only one thing we gotta do, and that's believe. And this was a tough idea for, for the people there to get around their head, even some of the disciples that Jesus had picked up along the way. Because of this, people started leaving. They had their preconceived notions destroyed and they weren't going to stay there any longer. They didn't care what Jesus' way was all about. They just knew that they weren't going to follow it. And as this is happening, Jesus has one more question, but it isn't being shouted to the crowd of people there. 
It's quietly asked to his closest disciples, the original 12. Look at what Jesus asks. Then Jesus turned to the 12 and asked, are you going to leave? Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know you are the Holy One of God. Remember earlier it said that Jesus was testing Philip and the rest of those disciples. He was doing that so they would be ready for this moment right here. At this moment, the disciples had the opportunity to bail on Jesus, to go back to their homes and their jobs, their families, all their normal life. But that's not what they chose. Instead of following their own thoughts and ideas, they followed Jesus' way, which was way better. The same thing goes for us. We have the option to hear this stuff we talk about at church or follow the rest of the world and get mixed up in the things that they say is important. Get mixed up in the ideas that they say are right. Get mixed up in, the, in what they say the right way is. But we have to be sturdy enough to say we're not going that way. We're going Jesus' way because that is way better. Not the way of a political party or, or some sort of celebrity. We're going Jesus' way. We're going to say that we believe. We believe in something greater than what we see. We believe in something that doesn't make any logical sense sometimes, but always comes through. We believe in Jesus. We believe in what he did here on this earth. We believe that he died for us. We believe that he came back from the dead. We believe that he started a movement so great that not even all the powers of hell will be able to stop it. Now, if you are a part of this movement and you would like to be, you can do it right now. It's so easy. There's only one work you have to do. All you have to do is believe. Believe that Jesus lived the life he did and that he was God. You don't need your life to be right. You don't have to jump through a bunch of religious hoops. All you have to do is believe. There's no extra requirements to start your journey with Jesus. Now, that's a conversation that you can do between you and God, but if you want to be led in that simple conversation with Jesus, which we would call prayer, you can go ahead and do that along with me right now. And what I understand is that this might be a little weird for you. So to hopefully make it a little bit easier, I'm going to ask that all of our community here at Akuo pray along with you. Because here at Akuo Church, you never pray alone. You always have a community to pray alongside you. So if you want to confirm that belief in Jesus, just bow your head and pray something like this. Just say, Jesus, I believe. I believe in you and what you did here on this earth. I believe in who you are. Today, the best way I know how, I give you my life. Amen. Now, today, we went through what it looks like to follow Jesus. We looked at how his way is way better. So today, what we want to do is take a minute to remember that. And we would like to do communion together. Now, if you need a minute to get some supplies together, feel free to pause this and go do that. 
or, or just like, go do it really quick with, without stopping it, without pausing it. Just go right now, go. So as you go ahead and get something to drink, remember, it, can be, it doesn't have to be wine, right? It, it can be grape juice or Big Red or soda or, or some other soda or water or whatever. Or, and, and then when it comes to the food, you can get some crackers or bread or tortilla or pan dulce, whatever it is, just, just get something. So I've got a, a cracker here and some water. And it's important to remember that we do this in remembrance of Jesus. Whatever the delivery system is of that remembrance is not as important as the Jesus side of this. We just have to believe that is the only work required of us. So let us remember the way that Jesus had set this up. Let us remember the way that Jesus saved us for eternity and not just by winning some war against the Romans. Jesus did it his way, which is way better. And that's what communion is about. Communion is recognizing how we are linked to him from now to eternity because of what he did. We are recognizing how we can build our lives up by building our foundation on Jesus. So let's do it. Let's take these moments to remember what Jesus did for us. So I've got my peanut butter cracker here. Grab your bread or cracker, whatever it is that you have, and, and, and go ahead and take a bite out of it. Now this represents Jesus' body that he gave up for us. By ingesting it, it reminds us that Jesus lives within us. It reminds us that he is a part of who we are. Now go ahead and take your drink. It represents the blood that Jesus spilled for you to save your life. Now let's go ahead and pray. Jesus, thank you for everything you did for us. Thank you for the cross. Jesus, thank you for laying your life down for us. Jesus, thank you for your name. Jesus, help me trust your words. Help me turn away from my way. Help me turn away from my ideas on how I see things should happen. Jesus, help me understand that your way is so much better. Jesus, help me understand that if you say to do something that doesn't make sense to me, there's good reason for it, and I need to follow you. Jesus, thank you for everything. And we pray all of these things in your holy, mighty, awesome, wonderful, and graceful name, Jesus. Amen. Now, before you go, there are a few things I do want to share with you. The first thing I want to talk about are our community groups. Now, each week we have multiple groups that are meeting up all around our area in a cool church. I want you to be a part of one. Now, one of the groups I, I do want to put a spotlight on this week is the Ladies Book Club. Now, this group meets up every single Tuesday night from 7.30 to 9.30. And this group meets to build some good community, read some good books, and have honest, open, and transparent conversations. Now, if that's what you are looking for, then this is the community group for you. If you're interested in joining this group, just go to akuo.church community to get signed up for it. And then they'll let you know where they're gonna be meeting each and every week. Now, this might not be the right group for you, but we have others that will fit you and your life. 
and you can see all of those groups that we currently have available at akuo.church slash community. And guys, I say this every single week because it's absolutely 100% true. Joining one of these groups might be the best thing that you do here at Akuo. Now, the next thing I want to talk to you about is how we sac- are sacrificially generous here at Akuo. And, and the way that you can do that, there's actually so many different ways. But no matter how you are doing it and how you are giving sacrificially to the church, we want you to be listening to God to see how much, if anything, He wants you to be giving. Now, if you aren't sure where to start, one of the many ways that you can express your generosity here at Okuo is through the biblical method of generosity called tithing. And that just means giving a first fruit 10% offering to the storehouse, which is your local church. That could be a great place for you to get started. Now, being generous in this way might not be a possibility for you right now. Things might be really tough for you and your family, and if things are tough for you right now, please allow us to help you out right now. This is what the church is all about. We want to be linked to you during your tough time. So if you need anything at all, please reach out to us. Or if you know someone that that needs something, that needs some help, let us know. To do that, all you have to do is go to our website, akuo.church, and click on the Contact Us link. You can also send me an email directly at help at akuo.church, or you can text the church or call at 210-901-8785. Now, if you are willing to give here to Kuo Church, the way you can do that is by going to our website, akuo.church. And when you get there, all you have to do is click on the giving link and follow the instructions that follow after you click that link. We also have our text to tithe option for that. All you have to do is text AKUO, A-K-O-U-O, in the dollar amount you want to give to the number 77977. Now, if you don't want to give electronically, we also have our P.O. box available if you would like to send your gift through a check. For that, all you have to do is mail your check to AKUO at P.O. Box 100-125, San Antonio, Texas, 78201. All right, guys. That's all that we have for you today. I just want you to know that I love you, our our staff loves you, our team loves you, and we will be praying for you now, and we will continue to pray for you throughout the week. So before we go, let me just pray over you one last time. So just Jesus, as people are finishing up here, as they they put away their phones and close up their laptops and, and turn off their TVs, I pray that you would be with them and that they'd be able to hear you this week. I pray that they would realize that your way is way better. I pray that they would push aside the wisdom that they have to follow you, even though it seems weird and crazy that they would just follow you anyways. We thank you for everything, Jesus, and we love you, and we pray all of these things in your name. Amen. All right, guys, that's all that we have for you this week. I will see you at a community group later on this week. Thanks for spending time with us today. You can find this message and any recent sermon available on demand at our website, akuo.church. That's A-K-O-U-O dot church. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Akuo Church. Welcome to the community. We hope to hear from you soon.